Welcome to another episode of Diagnosing a Killer. I am Coel. And my name is Kenna. Oh. I'm pretty sure they already know our names by now. Well, if this is your first time, welcome. You're listening to Diagnosing a Killer. Should we change our voices to the sultry like other podcasts? The ASMR. Just grab a drink and relax. <laughs> I hate creepy that shit. Me too. I just think it sounds disingenuine. Disingenuine? Disingenuous. No, I think it sounds ungenuine is what I'm trying to say. That's like, not, a word not either. genuine. Yeah, disingenuous. Oh, that's that's what that means? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. I learned a word today. Yeah, it doesn't sound <laughs> real. Like, it sounds like people are like... And now, sit, it sounds like AI. Yeah. Sit back and enjoy the show. It's like going to get it. a massage from a stranger. Yeah. How is that? What? I don't know. I don't like it mis- getting massages from strangers. What if they're professionals? It doesn't matter. That's the, what the ASMR thing is. Oh, I see what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. No, not a fan like, of I'd, ASMR. I'd rather have a dude like actually whispering in my ear. Have you seen the, the ASMR videos on TikTok where they have like the soap? On the microphone, and yeah. they're, like, using, like, a brush. And I'm like, you're ruining that, that microphone. microphone. Like, right? I don't know how they do that. I don't know. If anyone likes ASMR or if anyone engages in ASMR for TikTok, that's I, fine. I mean, do, do you. I like those uh, where it's, like, put your phone, to, uh, your ear to the phone, and it's, like, a guy telling you goodnight. Have <laughs> you seen those? No. He's like, hey, babe, I know you had a really stressful day today, Ew. but I just want to let you know I'm super proud of you. <laughs> yeah, you do a little mommy. Let me whisper in you. <laughs> That's creepy. Uh, I love them. They're so sweet, though, because it's like, at first, it's like, ew, who would ever do this? And then you're like, halfway through the video, like, the voicemail, you're like, this guy is so nice. Just spread positive I would be so lucky, you know? (laughs) I'm not crying. You're crying. No, I'm not. (laughs) I like, have you seen those TikTok videos of, you know, someone's like, something really cute. It's like, maybe like a proposal video or like something really cute with a couple. And all the comments are like, great, gonna go take a shower with my toaster now. Or like, great. (laughs) <laughs> gonna go play hide and seek in the railroad tracks <laughs> so bad no i haven't seen that i do like the one where it's a uh, guess the name of the or show you your, show us your baby and then what it's named like what your kid's named after yeah and everybody's like wrong answers only so it'll be like a mountainside her name's like everest or something yeah and they're like low oxygen levels you know? avalanche. <laughs> oh i love the word av- yeah i love the name avalanche so funny. i love the name low oxygen levels people are very clever and yeah. we just want you guys to do you and continue to talk to us and be your damn selves because that's what we try to be our damn yeah. selves nothing less nothing more sometimes also you're listening to diagnosing a killer i don't even think we've said that yet but i'm sure you know because you clicked on our I name said at the very i always Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Diagnosis of Killer. I'm Coel. You're right. It's been a long day. Sorry. <laughs> it's been a long six minutes. It's Diagnosing a Killer at night. At night. We usually don't record this late. That's so. true. Yeah, it is pretty late for us. It's and about I had ice cream. Nine o'clock. You did have ice cream, and I'm jealous. I went to this... Okay, so if anyone doesn't know about this, I'm not sure if it's a local shop or if it's like a nationwide thing, and I could probably just Google it, but... It's called Chill In, like the letter N, mm-hmm. and it's nitrogen, liquid nitrogen made ice cream, and they yeah. make it right in front of you. And it's just like the same thing as like a marble slab. Like you walk in, you order, they give it to you, and you leave, or you can eat it there. But it's so much better because it's made with liquid nitrogen, which is 
I found out, like, negative 380 degrees oh, yeah. Fahrenheit instead of 32, like they usually make ice cream. So it makes the crystals, like, really, really small, and then it makes the ice cream really smooth. Yeah. And man, it's good. We, uh, when we used to deliver ice sculptures, I remember this one time we were dropping off to, uh, JW Marriott, the big resort, and, uh, Chef was in the back and had a liquid nitrogen tank that we were yeah. using for, like, other stuff that they were using, and we were just freezing fruit and then, like, smashing them on the ground. Yeah. Because they'll just, like, smash in a billion pieces. Yeah, I've seen that before. That's what Mom asked when I got strawberry, and I was like, was it the real strawberry, like, smashed strawberry? She's like, mm-hmm. was it, was it the one that, like, crushed up? And I was like, no, it was just real regular smashed strawberries, yeah. but that would be cool. <laughs> But yeah, if anyone hasn't tried Chill In and you have one locally, go check them out. They're not even sponsoring us. This is not an ad. This is just me saying I tried it for the first time and it's great. They probably have other nitrogen ice cream places out there. I'm sure they do, yeah. Yeah. Except East Coast, because why would you ever need that? Because it's too cold. Because it's too damn cold. Too too damn cold. I think it said on their sign, it said, like, the different, like, temperatures, and it's, like, average winter in Florida, 65 degrees. And then it's, like... Freezing temperature of ice cream, 32 degrees, and it's, wow. like, below freezing, like, negative zero, and then it's, like, nitrogen. <laughs> like, it's, like, negative 5,000. So, yeah, that's enough banter for me. Do you have anything new? Check out diagnosingakiller.com. Check us out on every social media platform at diagnosingakiller, other than Twitter, which is at killerdiagnosis. Email us. Yes. Review us. Email. Rate us. Get your tickets for the True Crime Paranormal Podcast Festival love in us. August. Just message me and tell me how much you love me. Yeah, absolutely. Live, love, <laughs> laugh, D-A-K. Also, one more thing. I do just want to shout out Hillary from Lady Girls Scaring Us because she texted me and she's like, oh my god, the D-A-K live episode, I was cracking up when you said that you were to throw up. And she's like, <laughs> oh she's like, hashtag relatable. It was so funny. And I was like, oh Poor my Tyler. god. Tyler. I was like, that was not my finest moment. And I, I really, really considered cutting it out. But that's not the point of a DAK live. <laughs> so it's like I just kept it in there. Speaking of which, I've been invited to participate in a podcast. And I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they don't care. It's movie-cation. No. <laughs> it's like, have you? Yeah. So I'm going to watch a movie tomorrow. And then uh, uh, I think on Thursday we're going to record. But that's exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to hang out and chit-chat with the guys. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. I'm going to have to choose a background because everybody usually like chooses a background. I'm going to have to do that. Oh, yeah. I don't know how loud it's going to be in the living room. You know, normally I would be, like, upset that I wasn't invited to something, but, like, I have zero movie knowledge. Like, you guys have all probably recognized right and now, I so it makes sense. told Tyler that you weren't going to care about it either because it's, it's, like, a B kind of gore. The I, Not gore, but, like, it's a B movie that you're not going to give a shit about. I'm telling cool. you right now. What's okay. it called? Can I, can I spoil it? No, not on here. Oh, tell me off mic and then I'll react without saying the name because I want to know okay, if I've seen it. it. It's no, I've never seen it. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. I definitely don't care about that. So I'm excited for you guys, though. That'll be fun. I feel like that was like a like a Beatrix kiddo moment, speaking of movies, from Kill Bill. You know, like how her name's like beeped throughout the first two movies. And so I haven't no? seen it. You haven't seen Kill Bill? I don't think so. Anyways, that was our Beatrix kiddo moment. Yeah. <laughs> I trust your <laughs> reference. I, said, I don't think I've seen it. I just know it's the, like, the siren, like, all throughout. Is that the one with the siren? Whee! Yeah, that one. Yep, that one. That one, yeah. Is that That Uma Thurman? Yeah. Oh. And her feet. Points for me. Okay. (laughs) All right, sounds good. Well, we will... I don't know why I said sounds good. (laughs) 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 Like I'm I'm ending a phone call. Sounds (laughs) good. Talk to you later. (laughs) See you later. Uh, I think I'm, like, self-conscious because mom's, like, in the same room as us, and she's not making noise, but she can hear what we're saying. (laughs) Like, no one's ever been here while we're recording. Hi, Mom. That's not true. Well, not while we're recording by ourselves. Yeah. 
Yeah. She's very quiet. Very <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So today we are going to be talking about a one Randy Stare. Like S-T-A-R-E? S-T-A-I-R. Oh, like a staircase. Like a staircase, yeah. Like one singular stair. Like one stair. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Content warning. This episode depicts scenes of death or suicide, someone struggling with gender dysphoria and identity, school shootings, and mass shooting. Although these topics are discussed in a sensitive manner, some content may still be disturbing. If this episode isn't for you, please feel free to check out another one of our episodes. Remember, your mental health comes first, and we love you. Love Bye. you. Bye. Dang, that's a doozy of a content warning. Yep. All right. Randy Robert Stair was born on September 17th, 1992, to Robert and Lori Ann Stair in Dallas, Pennsylvania. Not Texas. I didn't I know didn't... there was a Dallas, Pennsylvania. I didn't either. In 1992. That's, right? like, way later than most of the people we cover. They're usually born in, like, the... 50s or yeah, you know, 70s yeah. even, but... He would eventually have a little brother named Jeremy as well. Jeremy Stare. Unusually enough, we don't have much to say about Randy's early years. Okay. He tended to spend a lot of time alone versus with other children. He was kind of private, and kids didn't really take an effort to coax him out of his shell very much. All right. Randy did struggle with severe depression at a very young age, however. Randy would later admit that during his young elementary schools, he struggled with thoughts of self-harm and suicide. Oh my gosh, already? That's so young. Very young. That kind of makes me think that maybe that was, like, showcased to, to him, or maybe something was done in front of him that made him... Because elementary age ch- children usually don't have a independent thought like right. that. Right, exactly. So it must have been something, like you said, that he was either exposed to, he might have a predisposition for yeah. uh, maybe depression. That's true. He said that he would regularly fantasize about boarding a plane, hoping that it would crash, or fantasize about being in car accidents so that his death would be instantaneous. In elementary school. Okay, that's really sad. Everything seemed relatively normal, however, to anyone else that was around Randy, and Randy kept most of these thoughts to himself. He would never talk about them. Mm-hmm. So we're coming to 2004. So this would be 12 years old. This would be the year that Nickelodeon would launch the show called Danny Phantom. Danny Phantom. Danny Phantom. Oh, you remember this? I love Danny Phantom. For those of you that don't know what Danny Phantom is, essentially it's an animated show surrounding the character Danny Fenton, who accidentally traveled between the human world and a ghost world, and now he is like a half-human, half-ghost hybrid. I know this story. Oh, you do? I do. I listened to an episode on it recently. I was going to wear the Ember shirt. Oh. I have an Ember shirt. Really? That's, oh, oh, yeah, you did tell me about that. I literally bought it because of Randy Stare, which is kind of creepy. <laughs> you did tell me you bought that. I was like, oh, because of that one guy. Because that one guy. I know. No, Danny Phantom, I mean, that was I was in fourth grade in that year, so I was definitely watching Danny Phantom. I was all yeah. about it. I was all over it. And this would have been, I mean, you were, so you were three years younger than Randy, three yeah. or four years younger than Randy, so that puts him about late elementary, early middle school, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Danny Fenton is kind of like this Superman slash Clark Kent guy because he, like, goes around and, like, helps his community by also, like, from the ghost world. He said about the show that he really identified with the characters and that they spoke to him in a way that just kind of clicked. Just kind of made sense. Just kind of made sense. More specifically, Randy was immediately recognizing his attraction to the character Ember McLean. Okay, Ember's character was a ghost who had tragically died in a fire after being stood up on a date in the show. Mm. 
In her afterlife, she became a symbol of rebellion, picking up a guitar, and writing tons of rock music. She gets her strength and power off of being idolized by other rebellious teenage ghost fans. Great. Which he loved. One of the things that, and we can never get around this, I don't like that people will use media to exasperate what they're feeling and they're like oh all this makes it i mean clearly it's a mental illness yeah but you know some people will see like just like ed gein like he will he inspired movies however other people have been inspired by the movies yeah to do kind of similar things and i don't like that because it's like what can we can we make and can we not make because apparently everyone's gonna just (laughs) use these things as an excuse to do whatever they want to do whatever they want yeah yeah i just don't like when it connects to something innocent like it's like it's just a kid's cartoon you know right Randy said that it wasn't so much that he had realized that he was attracted to the female presenting gender, but that he felt a connection that was unlike anything else he had ever experienced before, and that Ember gave him a warm feeling that felt like they had known each other before, like in a previous life. She's cartoon. And he's like 13. Like, you know? So it's almost like an imaginary friend kind of situation. At that age, though, that's very... And what does that sound like almost? It sounds like Mark Chapman. With the little people yeah, that he would, like, blow up, you know? It it's, like, kind of this fantasy world because you don't, you feel so isolated at a certain, in a certain way that you just kind of have to create your world, you know? Yeah, it sounds like it could be maybe related to, like, schizophrenia, spectrum disorder, and other psychotic disorders sim- simply because that's one of the, alu- that's one of the delusions that's categorized in that is... Right. A feeling of, like, belongingness to someone, maybe that doesn't exist, or maybe, like, a celebrity that doesn't know who you are. Right. It's one of those yeah. symptoms. I want to watch that Tiffany documentary. There's, Do you know that song? I think we're alone yeah. now. There's a Tiffany documentary that's called I Think We're Alone Now, and it's about her stalker. Oh, I really no. want to watch it. Do you remember when I got free concert tickets to Tiffany, and I didn't want to go, so I gave them to you? Didn't I give them to you? No. It was like a few years back. Why wouldn't you give me back. free Tiffany tickets? Oh, you know what? Because I won them on the radio and it was under my name and I ended up not going. I was going to take you, though. That's what it was. Remember we talked about it and I was like, I, I don't know who the know. hell this is. And you were like, I love her. And I was like, let's go. And then something happened. Like I had to work or something. I didn't just decide not to go. But I'm like that bitch that'll like call in to win something on the radio, even if I don't want it, just to see if I can like get it. <laughs> and then like I do. Like one time I got a Luke Bryan CD. I was like, I don't want this. <laughs> I got those tickets. I was like, I don't want this either. Damn. Could've yeah, saw, I know. Could have saw Tiffany. It was, like, here in town. Yeah, I remember. I got to see Missing Persons once. That was awesome. That's okay. cool. Ugh, it's amazing. Anyways. Randy, during middle school, had started to become passionate about film and began to document skits and YouTube videos. Okay. Death was always a reoccurring theme in Randy's videos. Talking about death and a wish to die were often wrapped up in funny skits or conversations with friends. Ha ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Comedic relief. Ha ha ha. Classic comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I love Bill Branham mother's corpse <laughs> Terrible his mother's corpse Ding That so note So bad <laughs> Hi Bo Burnham If you're listening You're probably not But hi If you're listening to us If Bo Burnham Would be listening to me right now I would I would cry You would cry? I would oh. cry tears of joy I'd probably have a few choice words I like him Me too I was going to say about that before I we started talking about Bo Burnham is that that's like a good, oh my gosh, I can't talk. That is a tall tale sign of if you see something, say something. Yeah. Like people were clearly viewing these videos and oh yeah, I'm sorry, as much as people want to be like, ha ha and brush it off, like joke, that's not jo- something to joke about. Yeah. Like joking about dying or killing someone or whatever, killing yourself is not a joke. Yeah. 
So Randy would actually go on to create his own production company entitled Pioneer Productions after the Pittsburgh... Pittsburgh. (laughs) (laughs) Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. (laughs) UFL Pittsburgh Pioneers, I think it is. So this was in 2007, um, and he created a YouTube channel with this name. Here he would upload vlogs and his skits and his plays where he often did voices, like voice acting. Okay. And he would do different characters. He had, like, these, um, like, stuffed animals he would talk to, too. There was, like, a frog, and then there was, like, a whale, and then there was, like, a horse head of some kind. Just really kind of bizarre stuff. But um, I think one of his most liked or watched videos was, like, the horse head one. Yeah, you can still find it on, like, I think archive.org. Oh, cute. Yeah. Love to see that. That amount of, like, imaginary play, again, goes into the delusions and to the the psychotic or disorder or and or schizophrenia spectrum. For sure. Not liking his birth name, Randy decided to go by Andrew Blaze on this channel, which is sort of like his stage name. Oh, my gosh. Andrew Blaze. By the time that Randy hit high school, Randy had a small group of friends, but he really longed to date someone. He had never been in a relationship up until this point, and it's something that Randy really craved. He saw other friends and stuff, getting girlfriends, never had one. Yeah. Randy was just essentially too shy or reserved to talk to anybody that could be a potential date. Okay. Instead, he began to push the limits of his surroundings by writing essays or stories about death as his homework assignments. Okay. And did he get a passing grade for that? Maybe a little red flag over there? He often wrote about a mentally tortured main character who would always end up dying by the end of the story, sometimes being killed and sometimes committing suicide. That is a massive red flag. None of these papers were ever reported to oh. counselors or seemed to concern any teacher or administrator at the time. He's just so imaginative. It's just imaginative. He's just so creative. He can just come up with these on the spot. Yep. This is all in high school, too. Are you kidding me? You Like, you're telling me any high school teacher wouldn't see that and be like, what the fuck? Like, we should at least, at the very least, have a conversation with this kid. <laughs> like, just be like, hey, bud. You Okay. You yeah. did all right? Yeah. Kind of concerning what you wrote. You know, I got in fucking... That's bullshit, because I got in trouble in fourth grade. I think I might have said this on the podcast before, but I... We were writing haikus, and I didn't know how to... We had to make a drawing with our haiku. I didn't know how to draw anything else except for a tornado. Like, the the long lines at the top, yeah. and you just do skinny, skinny, skinny. Yeah, like an upside-down Christmas tree. My haiku, I remember to this day, is, Rolling blackouts run, they are coming after me, roaring over town. That was my haiku, and I got sent to the principal's office they thought I was, like, gonna murder someone. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Like, I had a friend, well, I wouldn't say a friend, but, like, a friend of a friend who, uh, had to be, like, assessed and everything because he had a list of names in his backpack when oh they searched God. for something. And it was something, I don't even know if it was something totally innocent. I don't even know if it was, like, a birthday list or something. But they were, like, it was a list of names of kids at school. And it was, like, whoa. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. a little extreme. But, I mean, what you going to do? Because, I mean, find out stuff like nowadays. Randy Stare happens. Yeah, you know? I know. I mean, but I'm just saying, like, I got in trouble for that. And then he's not getting in trouble for that. Like, for I was literally that. Literally that's... saying death. And death this is, death. This has to be, like, 2000. Six? Two thousand... What was that? Hold on. Okay, so everything's fine. Oh my god. <laughs> scared me. That was so loud. It was loud. And we heard it back in our headphones and it 
sounds even scarier on the microphone. Yeah. It was just my kiddo. He kicked the wall yeah. on, on accident. I think he was dozing off, and I think he had one of those, like, <laughs> falling dreams. Because yeah. when I went in there, he was like, did I scare you? And I was like, a little bit. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. And I was like, I'm so fine. I'm, so, I'm fine. <laughs> oh, okay. We're good. That sounded way scary. It was creepy. All right. Back to the story. What were we saying before? So this was, like, 2006-ish. Oh, yeah. So and what I was I'm mad saying... that he didn't get in trouble, and I did. Yeah. yeah. And so what I'm saying is that plenty of other school shootings and stuff like that have already happened. Yeah, that's And true. so it's not like this is this would be a rare occurrence. Yeah. Not even a rare occurrence. It's e- I mean, it's way more prevalent now than it ever has been. And that it ever should be. Yeah. What I'm saying is just trying to give you the year so that you know that, again, that things like this have already happened. Yeah. Randy felt each time that he would reference violence in his papers or essays, quote, this is going to be the one that's going to get me caught or in trouble, end quote. So it was literally a cry for help. Yes. And then, no, oh my God, and then imagine his mentality when no one fucking cares. In his mind, he's like, well, no one fucking gives a shit if I do this. So exactly. So might as well. <gasps> oh, so awful. If you see something, say something. Fucking A, dude. He even said about his teacher at this time, I don't know what she was thinking. Like, in retrospect, he's looking back at me like, I don't know why she wouldn't say anything. Because he was trying to make it painfully obvious oh that, like, something was wrong. And, like, it shouldn't have to come to that. And, like, you know, it shouldn't have to be someone saying something because someone's being, you know, intent that I might do this. But who knows what would have happened had she said something. And it's not her fault. It's not her not blaming her at yeah. all. However, just saying, if you see something, say something. Like, it, it's better to report it and it be nothing than to not report it and something happens. Of course. But do you think, like, there's also kind of this, like, reverse psychology thing happening where it's like, well, clearly Randy's open enough to say all these things. If he really felt that way, he would probably say something. No, I don't you think so. You know what I mean? I don't think so. I I'm think not he's saying, I'm just saying, young. like, how people, maybe people that you know joke about, like, oh, he's coming off, you know, like, that you're just like, oh, well... Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I guess we're desensitized to it. Yeah, Especially when I it comes know. to certain individuals, maybe. I kind of get what you're saying, but I still even have, like, this thing in the back of my head. Like, if someone jokes around and says that, I, like, make sure I, like, keep, keep that in my yeah. my mind. I'm like, okay, they said that once. I'm definitely Let's one of those people that I that. bring up Cameron. Or, like, sometimes I don't even have to. Like, Trisha yeah. Stimax will and be like, yeah, like, that's not a cool don't joke. Like, Yeah, I say that, too. I say, please yeah. don't joke like that. That's not funny. Yeah. But, no, I don't know. Like, I... I don't know what I would have done in the situation, especially yeah. granted the time frame, you know, the year. Sure. However, again, just for the future, say something. <laughs> By 2010, Randy would be 18 years old, barely graduate high school, and through the pressure of his father, began working at a wise grocery store in Eaton Township. Okay. This is about 15, 20 minutes away from Randy's hometown. Randy also decided to attend college and was majoring in mass communications, but again, this seemed to be just for the benefit of his parents rather than something that he actually wanted to do. Yeah, that's a very vague (laughs) major. So Randy would essentially be attending college and working at the store in an effort to participate in a normal life. Okay. However, this was not his main focus. He poured himself into his online persona and began to isolate further and further from friends and family. Oh, God. He also said around this time that he started to begin to resent his parents for not paying enough attention to him. Oh, no. Randy, once again, began to fantasize about dying. He even said at one point that he wished that he had the courage to set himself on fire. Oh, my gosh. That is, like, brutal. That's horrible, right? 
like, like just like in his backyard. God. It's it's interesting to me that he has such unique, I guess, ways that someone would do that to themselves. Like he wants to get in a plane crash, or he wants to get in a car crash, or he wants to set himself on fire. It's not like okay, I want to go buy a gun and kill myself. You well, know, yeah. it's, it's very different than you would think. The online persona, Andrew Blaze, like, that has to stick in his Blaze. head. Like, what if I light myself on fire? Like, that'll really get be people's Blaze. attention. Oh yeah, exactly. God, that's scary. Randy would start to create his own animated TV show surrounding the lives of Ember McLean and her friends Mackenzie West and Rachel Shadows. Okay, you and can't just, like, steal a character from another he show did. <laughs> to create yours. He big fat did. So the show was called Ember's Ghost Squad. Ember's Ghost Squad, sorry. So Danny Phantom 2.0. Yes. <laughs> EGS. So EGS was a show that followed Ember and her ghost girl squad and documented their recruiting angsty and lost teens for their squad. Okay. Their ghost squad, right? Yeah. <laughs> Enough said. Often these episodes were dark and talked of death or dying, and let's say that it certainly wasn't for children. Yeah. In 2013, Randy lost he and his brother's friend Tom in a car accident while Tom was driving on his way to school one morning. Oh my gosh. Although Tom was more Jeremy's friend, I think Tom was kind of in the age between Jeremy and Randy. Okay. Randy would say that this death profoundly affected him. Yeah. Randy would often drive past Tom's accident scene, especially on Tom's death day every year. So he frequented where the car accident had happened. Why do you think that was? I don't know. You think he was trying to, like... I think he's reliving it. Yeah. Like, maybe reliving the emotion attached to it, or just the fact that someone had died and, like, kind of obsessing about, like, afterlife. I was going to say, do you think he thinks, like, if he gets closer to the scene, like, maybe he can communicate with him or do you think he's like fascinated by the fact that someone died right there yes yeah, i think that's okay. more what it is it's almost like you know kids when they learn that lesson with like burning ants with a magnifying glass yeah it's kind of like that but on a like a grander scale i think okay that he's just trying to connect with like death okay if that makes sense because he's clearly obsessed with death or well, dying. he's all about ghosts too yeah exactly shortly after tom's death he had actually lost another friend to another car accident. Oh, my gosh. His name was Matt. And then I think he lost his grandfather after that, who is also very close to. So this is all Jeez. within the span of, like, a year. Wow. Randy himself got into a car accident, and shortly after this, his little brother Jeremy would also be involved in a car accident. Okay, that's really weird. So the two brothers at this point were sharing a car because they... I think Randy's was, like, a fender bender type thing, but Jeremy's, like, totaled his car. Oh, wow. So this likely didn't help Randy's frame of mind, someone who is already identifying with an animated ghost girl and wishes for death, right? Yeah. <laughs> Can't be good. <laughs> Do you think he caused his own car accident? I don't know. I mean, if it was just a fender bender, probably not. The but... reason that I say it's a fender bender is because there is a picture of him, like, with a thumbs up next to, I'm assuming, his car, and it's just the back, like, trunk is, like, kind of smushed in. Oh, well, so then someone hit him. Yes, okay, and that's what I'm thinking, Yeah. That it, I don't think it was something that was really, like, intentional. So Randy becomes more obsessed with death. It became essentially all he would ever talk about. So in his recordings online, it seemed, like, manic almost when he would talk about, like, he would go through this kind of, like, spiral or loop, and it's almost like you could see him dissociating 
in these videos where he's just like, you know, I don't know, like, and I, you know, then this happened and then that happened. And then I just started becoming obsessed with death. And it's like, what happens in the afterlife? And then it's just, da, da, da. and it's very fast paced. Mm-hmm. It's not like kind of this somber, depressed kind of look, you know, it's, it's almost like matter of fact, well, and exciting almost oh. when you watch it, that he's excited to share his perspective about Whoa. death or dying. Okay. He became terrified of growing older, and he would often say that he had no intention of living past 30. Randy would even speak about how he hated older people and how they disgusted him. Oh, great. Yes. Randy said around this time when around this time when he started becoming manic and depressed and obsessing about dying and knowing that he didn't want to live past 30 that Ember came back into my life is what he said. Cuz she can do that. He would start developing his Ember's Ghost Squad characters even further and began to fall in love with Ember, even beginning to call her his wife. Okay. He believed that after his death, he too would reunite with Ember and her squad in the afterlife. This is a tall tale example. Remember we talked about Falia Du recently? Mm-hmm. He is isolated. He is not sharing this with anybody. So there is nobody there to tell him that these thoughts are bizarre. Right. And they are delusions because mm-hmm. this is a cartoon character. Yes. But the fact that he has no one there to tell him that, it's just going to continue to get worse. Sure. And then he's creating also the show and the content that is then mm-hmm. essentially reaffirming what he's feeling. Making it more real. Yes. Yeah. Furthermore, after... Randy would pass, he would be reincarnated as a female presenting ghost girl. Randy had, up until this point, kept his gender dysphoria a secret. Okay. He had started wearing feminine undergarments underneath his clothes when going to work or walking about town. On Wednesday nights, when his parents went out for their weekly bowling league meetups, Randy would then dress in feminine presenting clothing and walking around the house for a few hours while they were gone. Okay. He dreamt of becoming a female and identified as such, but he did not want to in- tr- transition. So he would consider himself, although he was male presenting and participated in society as a male, he did say that his spirit was feminine, so do you was think a female spirit. That's why he was so obsessed with dying, so he could come back as a woman? He believed that through all of this okay. kind of delusion that he was doing. Okay. He thought that he could be reincarnated into a female presenting body as Ember's wife and ghost squad member. Okay. Okay. I know it's a lot, y'all. Randy began to ease his dysphoria by doing things like shaving his legs and body regularly, and he would often skip meals or diet in an attempt to lose weight and to appear more feminine to himself. He wore a lot of really baggy shirts, however. He said he never told anyone or reached out about it because he thought that he wouldn't be understood and that people would just think that he was crazy. So again, this is something else that he would keep to himself, that he was struggling with his body image and his dysphoria. Further isolating himself. Yes. Yeah. Randy believed that this uncomfortability with society made sense because it meant that he was not to be on this earth and meant to be in the ghost realm with his wife, Ember. So he was saying, oh, no wonder, of course I would feel this weird. Of course I would feel this strange in this body on this earth because this isn't where I'm supposed to be. It's it's just a mental disorder, not necessarily that specific part of it, but the whole thing is 
untreated mental diagnosis and mental illness and no one there to tell him especially about like the ghost world thing that this is probably a delusion Mm -hmm. because clearly his parents are not focused on him enough and he's now saying that he hates his parents and all this stuff we don't really know much about them for probably for a reason because they probably weren't a big part of his life and i know he's probably an adult at this point but still yeah, this is, I mean, this is all within his 18s, 19s, 20s. Yeah. This is still. years and years of untreated mental illness. Yeah. Or mental disorders, rather. Randy was surprised that no one even noticed that he started changing his behavior. He even left feminine-directed brand, like, razors. And I say that, like, as in female-directed, like, skin and, like, yeah. Venus. Um, so female-directed brands, like, of razors, shaving creams, and even, like, a purpley-pink hairbrush that he had just in his bathroom. Okay. In an attempt to be like, hey, like, I'm buying things that are perceived to be feminine. Look at me. And Ask me about it. Still nothing. Nobody asked him about anything. Like, nobody asked, like, why you I... need, like, a female body razor, you know, things like that. No, I get it. I'm just... I just don't get why he, he it's he wants the attention, but he's not asking for it. He's just hoping that someone will pick up on these cues. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I want to be clear. I'm not trying to say that, I know you're not either, that people that want to transition or people that identify as other gender is a mental disorder. I'm talking no. about everything else that's no, coming no, no. along with it. No, of course. It has nothing to do with that. Yeah. I think it's, I, for him, it would, and, and maybe the household he grew up with, it would be strange for him as a male to own feminine-directed brand products, you know? Um, And I think that that would be, maybe his dad would say something like, whose razor is this, you know, or whatever, and it never happened. So it just made him feel just more unseen, really. I mean, we talked about the whole recognition, you know, the recognition, the acknowledgement, and the endorsement. There's no, like, we're not even past step one, the recognition. Yeah. So how can acknowledgement even happen, and you it, know? It kind of seems like he is getting to the point where he's probably thinking, okay, if you're not going to pay attention, then I'll give you something to pay attention to. Of course. And that can be, I mean, is it's very dangerous. detrimental. Randy felt at this point that he would have to do something way more drastic to get the attention of those around him. Oh, God. This is so scary. At Plant Therapy, safety and education are at the heart of everything they do. In addition to offering pure, high-quality essential oils, natural body care products, and CBD, they want to give you the tools and know-how so that you can safely use essential oils. Plant Therapy is also dedicated to giving back to the community, both locally and globally, so they can have as many positive impacts on as many people as possible. Click the link in our show notes today and check out their oil of the month, as well as some free goodies. Randy would soon have another obsession grow within him. His obsession with school shootings. Oh, God. Especially Columbine. He would often troll the internet and look at Columbine memes and go onto forums that were either in remembrance, like remembrance sites for the victims, Mm -hmm. or more often he would go on forums that idolized Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold. Sometime in 2014, Randy began to talk about how he would soon be leaving YouTube, and EGS fans were a little upset by this. He had a bit of a following at this point on his channels, and it was 
really surprising that Andrew Blaze said that he would be leaving something that he seems so passionate about. Well, yeah, because he's expecting to not survive this attack. Randy went on to explain that although he would be leaving eventually, he didn't have a set date or anything like that. He did claim it was for multiple reasons, which eased people when he said that, like, oh, it's not like one thing or another. It has nothing to do with making fun content. He did say that it's not really a job, and although he wanted to set his real job on fire, he did need to work there more often because it was his only financial income. Randy seemed optimistic around this year, this next, like, two or three years. He was still making music videos for a short time, and he did kind of ride a high a little bit for the next, like, year. Mostly, he decided to pour himself into a newfound project with EGS, or Ember's Ghost Squad. Randy created nine social media accounts for each character and would often have each one of them posting, commenting, or liking each other's accounts on Twitter. Oh my gosh. Like, he made up his own friends. So, yeah. So they're the nine characters of Ember's Ghost Squad, including Ember, Mackenzie, Rachel, and then a few others. And then he had two social media accounts for himself. And they would just all constantly communicate with each other. It's like catfish. But it was him. So, but, okay, let me go back to school, because now he's out of school. Didn't he have, like, good friends or something, like, in school? I mean, now he had a friend that, two friends that passed away, but he didn't have any other, like, close friends? No, not really. He had a few from middle school into high school, but they all started getting girlfriends and stuff. Oh, and, yeah, you're right. You, you know, did say that. kind of moving on, and he just decided to throw himself into this instead. Oh, God, that makes me sad, because it's like... Like, I don't feel bad for him, like, but I do in this moment, you know, because yeah. he's, like, he's just alone. Like, no one really wants to, like, be his friend, and, you know, he's writing some weird death poems, and people are like, that's fucking weird, you know? Yeah. He talked about this new project as being his greatest accomplishment and gave himself a deadline of completely finishing his project by May 7th, 2019, which coincided with the letters E, G, and S. So the fifth the seventh and the nineteenth letter of the alphabet. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> letter of the alphabet. That's okay. So that's like it's methodical coincidence. Like nine. Oh, I guess he wasn't. It didn't have to be twenty nineteen. He was just using. It could have been the twentieth letter if it was the next year. I okay. I get, I get it now. What? Uh, no, wait. That's right. Yeah. E being the fifth letter. G being the seventh letter, and then twenty nineteen. The Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, instead of 20... No, what would be the 19th? No, it, so yeah, it just happened the 19th to be... Letter. It just happened to line up that S is the 19th, and it was the year of 2019. No, this was not the year of 2019, that he's talking about this. Okay, I was this so is, confused. Okay, This is, I got like, 2014-15. Oh, so he's gonna wait, like, years? Okay, well, he, he says he's gonna wait years. Well, let us see. Randy soon realized that he could not wait another few years to complete this project, so he decided to set a new deadline of June 9th, 2017, which was only four weeks away at this point, but June 9th would have been the anniversary that he started Ember's Ghost Squad. Wow, he's really symbolic, isn't he? He is. Very much so. Also, I should just, like, keep my questions in my mind until you're done, because I feel no like worries. I always say something, and you're like, well, if you'll just let me fucking talk, I will say. Well, I just said it was 2015, which is not true. It's 2017. My bad. That's all right. Knowing now that his project may not be finished in time, given his new time frame, because he was planning on doing this Ember's Ghost Squad thing, Mm -hmm. Randy asked his mother to take him to a gun shop where he purchased a shotgun. 
Knowing how easy the process was at this point, Randy actually went back to the shop to purchase a second one a few days later. He named one Mackenzie and the other Rachel after oh, Ember's best friends. My God. First of all, you don't pay attention to your son, but you're going to go take him to buy a fucking gun. Second of all, I was listening to a podcast earlier today about a mass shooting, and the person in question had gone to, like, purchase a weapon, like, four or five times within, like, a month. Like, it was, like, yeah. very frequently, and it's like, okay, I get, like, the whole, and I'm not trying to be political at all, I get the whole, like, maybe gun laws, maybe not, but also there should be an, a period of time between when you can buy one gun and when you can when buy you can the buy other. other. Like, yeah. if you're buying five guns in a period of a month, that's probably a red fucking flag. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like, I think so. Ugh. Randy would later etch their names into the side of each gun, since he had learned that Eric Harris had done the exact same thing to his guns that he used at Columbine. Never had an original thought. He wrote in his journal about this day, quote, You were a fool to trust me with a shotgun. Oh, mother, if you only realized you had just signed my death warrant by taking me to a gun shop. End quote. Absolutely fucking not. That is transferring the blame to someone else. Yeah. If you didn't buy me this, this wouldn't have happened. Right. Fuck you. Oh, mother, if you had only realized. Fucking so annoying. Randy started filming himself target practicing with each gun. He began to create a personal video blog documenting his thought process leading up to the project's launch so that his parents would have answers to what would transpire just 13 days later. That is so annoying. And also, like, how much time has passed since he's thought of at least four weeks, but years. But oh, at yeah. least four weeks since he's made this plan. You had so much time to change your mind. It's a, it, it goes back to the, oh, I'm going to do this. And if no one notices, I'm just going to keep doing it because Can't clearly I'm not getting anyone's attention. Yeah. Like, that is so, I don't understand that mindset. He's probably thought of it since high school, honestly. Middle yeah. school, high school, ever since he knew that shit like this happens, you yeah. know? Randy would often ramble in these videos about Columbine and how he hated himself and other members of the queer community. So he's also self-hating as well. Okay. Leading up to the date, Randy began sending out tweets and writing letters, and he would actually leave these letters around the house, on the streets, and at work in open journals depicting how he was feeling and how he wanted to be seen in any possible way, including the date June 7th. Ask somebody for attention. Ask somebody to talk to you. It literally is like, I'm going to leave all these breadcrumbs, and if they don't find it, then it's their fucking fault yep. for not finding it and figuring out my puzzle. Yep. Ask someone for fucking advice. Like, oh my god, that's so annoying. And apparently no one ever saw or said anything about this. Randy would begin to wear his favorite shirt, which he bought three of, the same one, and he wore them almost every day. It was the same shirt that Eric Harris wore on the date of the Columbine shootings. It's an all-white t-shirt in black lettering that says natural selection. That's not what the fuck that means, but all right. No, it's not. But <laughs> Eric Harris made it famous, apparently. Well, Eric Harris is a dumbass. Well, he's dead, so. Well, he was a dumbass. Rest in distress. <laughs> Rest in distress, bro. He talked of his mother again, saying, quote, How she never saw the warning signs is beyond me. On the 18th of May, he posted on the Embers Ghost Squad Twitter page, quote, If you think that your body is ready for June 7th, you're gravely mistaken. End quote. He is literally saying what he's going to do. But also, that's like that's like not telling anybody when your fucking birthday is and still expecting a surprise party. Damn, that's, yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh shit, it was your birthday? Mad. My bad. 
pouting when someone doesn't throw you a party. He had also tweeted out, quote, mark your calendars for June 7th, end quote. Wait, I thought it was June 9th. He originally was going to do June 9th, but then he changed it to the 7th. Oh, okay. I thought yeah, he was sorry. like, I was like, why is he saying the 7th? My bad. It was the 9th. Okay. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. <laughs> Might be an important detail. <laughs> Rachel's Twitter would read things like, quote, who's ready to die, end quote. Oh. And, oh quote, if you're going to die, you got to die hardcore or not at all, end quote. That doesn't fucking make any sense either. Or Ra- not at all. Rachel was portrayed as this character who was the most highly volatile character that he created. So now it's not only him, but it's everybody he's associated with, apparently. Who's to say that these accounts aren't real people? That's true. And so his followers, because he has followers that are wondering where he's going, aren't seeing this and being like, damn, there might potentially be eight fucking people that are, like, planning something on the 7th. So let me tell you a little story about a man named Hunan Vasquez, okay? So Hunan Vasquez was a comic book creator a long time ago, who created a comic called Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. And everybody loved this comic when I was a kid. Everybody loved it. Knee was like, which it's Johnny, but his nickname is Knee, right? Knee was just so fucking tortured and so fucking, literally, he's a homicidal maniac, right? And who's to say, like, when we're reading these comics... Because we know who's writing them and illustrating them. So were we like, oh, man, Honan Vasquez, he's completely just a tortured individual. Like, clearly this man needs help. No, we just thought it was fucking cool. And so what I'm saying is, like, people looking at these Twitter pages and stuff are probably like, they know it's coming from Andrew Blaze. But they're like probably like, oh, my God, like, he's, you know, he's developing these characters. This is all character development. You know what I'm saying? I guess. But, like, okay, I can be on board with that everywhere until he says June 7th. Yeah. Like, that, that is what's getting me. It's like, there is a date. It is rapidly approaching. And you're like, oh, June 7th, people are going to die. Ha ha ha. Like, no. New merch launching. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's probably what, what they means. think, though. But Guys, they probably think that's what it, they mean. That's what he means or something. Our listeners are smart enough to know when you we hear know. a date, we all someone's going to fucking die. But this is hindsight 2020 kind of shit. You know what I mean? That's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm mad. I'm just happy I got to talk about Honan Vasquez. Didn't <laughs> ever didn't people. ever think that would ever come up in my head ever again. So again, Rachel is this ho- highly volatile character. And Randy starts beginning to talk about his frustration about finishing the EGS project before the time came to execute his plan. Because, what, you think that people are just going to, like, carry this on and you're going to become famous even when you're gone? That's Absolutely. That's Absolutely. Well, that's what he wants from all of this. Right. He wants attention and he wants fame. Animators and other voice actors that he had hired to complete the project would quit once they learned of the theme that Randy was going to put in the Ember Ghost Squad video. Smart. In one video, Randy went on a tangent about one of the voice actors saying, quote, still don't have it. The script was sent out in March and it's June 2nd. Where's my voiceovers, Laura? The ones that I paid for, where are they? Better have them by Monday or you're dead. People are worthless sacks of shit. No one cares. No one cares until you're dead. Once this all happens, they're going to say, man, I wish I'd talked to him more. Well, too late. End quote. That is the biggest red flag of them all. And it's June 2nd. You have five days to make a decision, people. So five some, days to phone the fucking police. Well, these videos specifically are the videos that he left behind. These aren't oh. the ones that he's posting. The Twitter is all 
that's all fair game. And he yeah. is still posting some videos, but they're kind of like skits, although they still talk about death and things like that. This is more of like a personal vlog that he made to be a part of his afterlife Like 13 videos. Reasons Why. Yeah. The project that was set to launch in just five days was titled, quote, The Westboro High Massacre, end quote, in which Ember and Randy, depicted as a ghost girl, would enact a school shooting. So most of these voice actors or animators would quit because they're like, we're not going to work on a project called Westboro High Massacre. We're not yeah. going to do that. And he would, like, pay people, and then they would get into it, and they'd be like, I'm not going to do that. But, like, you realize it's a real fucking school, right? But he felt <laughs> wronged. Like, he thought this was, like, his manifesto kind of a oh thing, you know? And, like, nobody wanted to work on it. He said that if it wasn't for Ember telling him to do this, that he, none of this would have happened. But she needed more souls for her squad. Again, putting the blame on everyone else. It's their fault because they quit my show. It's my mom's fault for buying me a shotgun. It's everyone else's fault for ignoring me. It's this random ghost character sh chick that doesn't even fucking exist. It's her fault because she's telling you what to do and she needs more fucking souls. Yeah. It's never, ever his fault. Right. A few days before June 7th, Randy filmed himself flipping a coin. The coin was to determine one of two things. Heads, Randy would stay home and commit suicide. Tails, he was to perpetrate a mass shooting that he had been planning this whole time. Let me guess, it lands on heads and he flips it over. Another reason to move up the date was that one of his intended targets was a manager that he was attempting that was attempting to switch to day shifts. And at this time, Randy was working overnight shifts. Filming the event in his backyard, he decided that the winning flip will be two out of three. <laughs> when, when the first one didn't go his way. <laughs> He's like... Yeah, no, he like, no, he already said. No, he already said. He already said. yeah. He flips. Tails. He flips. Heads. He flips. Tails. I feel like that's bullshit. I feel like he didn't even fucking flip. Well, he did. In the, it's he on did. Video, it's right? on video. Yeah, oh, and it's man. him in his backyard, and he's just throwing it up in the air, and then he walks over to the camera, picks up the camera, takes it over so that everyone can see that he's... I don't know. It's I, up to the fates. I feel like if it landed on heads, heads, he probably still would have found a way to make it in his favor. And I, he don't would, I don't know. I don't, you don't think so? You think no. he would have killed himself? I think he would have. Well, I'm not saying that he wouldn't maybe take out his family members, but... Damn. I don't know. Take out sounds hard. Sorry. That's all right. He vlogs in his car four days before the shooting, quote, just looking at everyone at the supermarket. The manager is coming in like, la-da-da-da-da, just messing around and talking about this. In four more nights, your whole lives are going to be turned upside down because of me. I'm going to fuck up your life, and I can't wait. Quote, who would have thought a cartoon character would cause all of this to happen? End quote. Yeah, no one, because that's bonkers. After which he turns to the passenger seat and offers a chip to Ember, presumably sitting in the seat. <laughs> I just want to say nothing pisses me off more than someone being angry about people just living their fucking lives. Like he was he's literally like, outside watching people. Like, look at them. Look at them just, just going to work. Fun. They're just going to work. They're just doing their daily shit. It's like I don't know what? if he was mad. I think he thought that he was being like. Yeah, no, creepy. Like, look at these ants just yeah. going about their life. That's what I'm saying. sheeple, you they know? They have no idea what's going to happen. Like, yeah. God, that makes me mad. On the morning of June 7th, Randy takes a trip up to the Wise supermarket, bringing along his camera. He films the aisles as he talks about his plan under his breath. Oh, my 
It's almost as if he is staking out the exits. He does film a few exit points and plots further about what is to transpire later that night when he starts his 11 p.m. overnight shift. Randy posts his final video before leaving for his work shift on YouTube. Randy can be seen loading his shotguns, Mackenzie and Rachel, and then placing them into a duffel bag. Randy felt that he had given everyone a fair chance to stop him by posting this publicly on YouTube. Again, just a few hours before he were to head to work at 11 p.m. It's everyone else's fault, again. Once there, Randy began to barricade and block exits with pallets in the back of the store in preparation for his project. That's so scary. He did this completely undetected as everyone else was busy straightening and stocking the shelves. At 12.10 a.m., Randy gets on his phone in order to send out various links to his Twitter account titled Journal, Digital Set, and Suicide Tapes. At almost 1 a.m., Rachel sends out her last tweet, saying, quote, Me and Andrew are going to give the world a little insight into what really lurks around the shadows of your everyday lives, end quote. Oh my god. <sighs> so many fucking red flags. So many. So many, and I don't want to side with him, but so many fucking chances for people to have spoken up and said something. And I'm not giving him that. I'm no. just saying, like, yeah. there's so many things that are concerning with what he's been doing. Quickly, Randy sketches out a layout of the store and where each employee was to be assigned that night. Randy was one of five that were working in the building. He took his duffel bag from the back, walked to the front of the store, where he locked the front doors and barred them with various store racks. 26-year-old mother of one, Victoria Brong, and her coworker, 25-year-old Kristen Newell, were working on the same aisle, stocking and straightening things. The two were known to listen to music while working and goofing off occasionally. After laughing for some time, the two went back to work and at separate ends of the aisle began to restock. Suddenly, Kristen thought she heard something, a bang of sorts. By the second bang, Kristen took out her earbud and turned to ask Victoria what she thought the noise could be. Kristen was horrified when she looked down the aisle to see Victoria's lifeless body at Randy's <gasps> feet. Oh my god. She turned to her friend and she was like, hey, hey, what was that? Oh my god. The two made eye contact as Randy stared into Kristen's eyes, and he began firing two more shots into Victoria's body, then continued to look at Kristen. Completely frozen, Kristen could do nothing, say nothing, and just stare back at Randy as she tried to process what happened. Randy, after about five to six seconds, lowered his gun and moved down to the next aisle. What? Only Randy knows why he didn't shoot Kristen that day. Oh my gosh, she just like... What, what do you think would have happened if she started running? Do you think he would have shot her? Maybe. Wild. The fact that she was just like standing there staring at him. There's another theory later we'll get to. Okay. Randy moved to the next aisle where he found 47-year-old Navy veteran Brian Hayes. Brian was originally from East Orange, New Jersey. Orange. I had to put that in there. Orange. Next stop, Orange. <laughs> he was a married father of two girls. Oh, no. Randy shot Brian five times, three of which were considered to be fatal wounds. Oh, my God. Randy moved on to locate his last coworker, 63-year-old Terry Lee Sterling, who at this point was attempting to flee Randy's yeah. rampage. Terry was a father and grandfather who had lost his wife just five years prior. Oh my god, no. Terry was shot twice in the back in an attempt to escape Randy. 
During this time, however, Kristen, who was in a complete state of shock, in her mind, she said that she probably stood there for 10 to 15 minutes. But it probably wasn't. Yeah. It's just, that's how long it felt. She managed to try to run to Victoria's aid, not fully comprehending that Victoria was beyond help at this point. Mm Mm-hmm. She does make her way to the front of the store in order to locate a phone to call 911. Kristen did not know the condition of her other coworkers, but continued to hear multiple gunshots echoing throughout the store for some time. Like, every, like, 30 seconds. Oh my god, that's so scary. Kristen managed to hide under a register and wait for help, but eventually escaped through the front door. First responders arrived to find Randy Stair had died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Investigators found that Randy had also attempted to shoot some propane tanks in an effort to blow up the store. A total of 59 shots had been fired throughout the store. Oh, my God. (sighs) Take a breath. Jesus. When Randy was autopsied, it was noted that he was wearing a full face of makeup designed similarly to Ember McLean's makeup. Like, she had these, like, curly cute thingies on her eyes and stuff. Where did he shoot himself? I don't know. I was going to say, like, clearly it had to be done during his autopsy and not when they just stumbled upon him. I don't know. It's not like they they walked I mean, up and he's just dolled up, like, No, I don't, I don't know where he shot himself. I'll just say that. Okay. Ugh. I know. He was also wearing feminine undergarments underneath his clothing. Oh, wow. There was also a mass amount of Benadryl in his system to which investigators thought that he maybe tried to overdose first before deciding to shoot himself. Well, no, because... Like, maybe it wasn't working. The coin was tails, so why would he have done that? Well, he was planning on killing himself. He just didn't know if he was going to kill other people. That was the whole point of the coin. I was just being a dick. I know. But this is one of the theories as to why Kristen was able to escape, because if he was hallucinating or was in a sense of, like, daze and was literally overdosing, he might not have... A, seen her, or thought maybe that she was also a delusion of some kind. Oh, okay. Because she didn't move. Yes. Oh. Like a T-Rex. Yeah, if you don't move, they can't see you. (laughs) Yeah. Police searched Randy's home and found a mountain of evidence, of course. Again, it's not like Randy tried to cover any of this up. More weapons were found, more boxes of ammunition, journals, videos, flash drives, you name it. It was just, he did not try to hide anything. So, at this point, it wasn't shocking to police that Randy had perpetrated such a crime. Yeah. Because to them, it was just like, duh, like, look at all this evidence. He said that he was going to do it. Yeah. There weren't just warning signs. There were massive red flags. Like, ding, 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 like, lights and everything. Like, whoa. Yeah, arrows. Yeah. A true indication of just how narcissistic and itching for Randy's fame was... On one of the last videos to his parents, he had wished for them to give away his property in his room to his fans. His fans. He said, my fans are going to want all this stuff. Like, this is good stuff. Like, you should give it away to fans. No, your fans are going to be like, what the holy fuck? Burn it. Burn it. (laughs) Burn it. Burn it. Yeah, like, his posters, his writings, he had asked that they all be posted, like, for sale or for want or whatever. No. Using his phone. Like... He had told, I guess, like, his parents that they could access his phone after his passing so that they could post, like, from his accounts. Oh, yeah, and they were just going to be like, sure, honey, we'll do that for you. Yeah, we'll just keep it alive, like Norman Bates or whatever. Yeah. God. 
And that's strange. That is very but, strange. But that just shows, like, that he wanted the fame. He wanted... He was like, certainly somebody's gonna want this stuff. Because I wanted all the Columbine stuff. So, like, yeah. surely somebody's gonna want this. Put it, it aside for them. It's, like, it's weird because it doesn't seem like a narcissistic thing, but it also does. Yeah. Yeah, he seriously thinks that people are gonna, like, idolize him. But it kind of makes sense as, like, kind of this weird juxtaposition with Ember. Because it's, like she gains her power from being idolized by tormented souls. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, that's what he wants. Because that's what he was. He idolized Eric Harris, specifically. Yeah. And was like, you know, you live on through me idolizing you. I never understood that. And that's what he wants. Creepy. He says to his parents in the video, quote, The warning signs were always there. They were there from the beginning. You can always say, what if, what if, what if, but what could have been done? How did we not know? It was all there in front of your face, so welcome to reality, end quote. To his parents. Ooh, that's like, fucking heavy. This is the reality. Yikes. On of who I am, yikes. your son. Like, <sighs> Welcome to reality. He did believe that Ember was a goddess, and he worshipped her, and then through worshipping her, he would gain this ghost squad everlasting life yeah before the shootings randy actually emailed the voice actor that voiced ember mclean's voice on the show oh no danny phantom yeah he thanked her for influencing him and that by the time she would be reading this email he would be dead could you imagine can you imagine being her right Getting that email and probably she not. Like, she probably didn't even read it. It was probably one of her assistants <laughs> that read it and was like, "I'm not fucking showing this shit Ooh, to her." Yeah, delete. Oh. <laughs> what is it? The uh, delete. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is this is boring. Delete. It's from Scott Pilgrim. Oh, I don't. I was talking about the Michael Jackson delete because he was a he he <laughs> Jimmy Jonga. Our references are showing our age gap. Of course, it's an age gap relationship. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Go ahead. So, Randy Steer does have a manifesto online. It is about five pages long. I thought about reading it, but at the same time, I was like, that's all he wants is to, like, for me to read his shit. Pass. And all, I mean, and I and I read, I mean, I read most of it, um, and then skimmed some of it, which he would probably hate. <laughs> just skimmed um, but, over it, you're not just that important. skimmed over it. It's, it, it essentially is just everything that I've told you now, for the most part. We can sit here and say that certain things that he did or certain things that he said sounded narcissistic narcissistic through his writings you can really hear how arrogant he sounds and like how full of himself he sounds like he really thinks he's like fucking apple white like he thinks that this is this is this just makes sense this makes sense to me it should make sense to you these are the reasons i'm doing this now you all understand me more yeah and it's just it's very much it's it's kind of rambling a little bit, a little manic, but again, you do get this overall sense that this dude, he, like, he really, like, he's the shit. Like, he has the answers, and mm-hmm. maybe you need to listen to me because these are the answers, and yeah. you're going to find out, like, kind of shit. But anyway. also the, 
but also the like leaving breadcrumbs and saying, well, you should have figured it out or wow, I gave them all of the evidence that they didn't even say anything to me. That shouts antisocial personality disorder. Yeah. And it is also like, again, with the, with the narcissism, it's almost like, wow, you're too dumb to figure this out. Like I'm clearly smarter than you. Like kind of well, shit. You shouldn't have brought me to buy a fucking gun because that's yeah, why I did that's it. That's you your bad. I can't believe I convinced you to take me to get a gun. Yeah. Ugh, I don't know why I just sounded like that. I don't like the way I sounded. Or, like, even when he was, like, boarding up the back exit doors. Like, they're like, oh, they're so <laughs> no stupid. They're me. just like, no one saw me do this. Like, they're all in their own little worlds. Like, if there's ever a situation where someone can get help before something like this happens, of course I advocate for that. But it, I just can't feel sorry for him. Especially yeah. now. Like, yeah. The Stair family offered their condolences to the families, of course, of the victims, saying that they never saw this coming. There's no way that you live and raise, live with and raise someone for 20, how old is he, 22? He was 24. 24 years. And you don't recognize any of those red flags that he's giving. You know, he probably has like a little like underground, like basement area where he has all this (laughs) shit and you walk in and there's like an entire shrine to the Columbine killers and his parents are like, never saw it coming. I mean, I'm speculating. I don't know what he has, but so... Funnily enough that you say that, because Kristen herself, the only remaining victim of the attack, said that Randy was always pleasant to be around. She was really surprised that he would do something like this. She even went so far to say that the person that she saw that day was not the person that her and her coworkers knew and loved. Loved. Like, they were close. That still sounds like a personality disorder to me, being able to turn it on and turn yeah, it off. Yeah, turn it on, turn it off, for And sure. antisocial, for sure. Yeah. Because you can fake all of those emotions and not have them at all. I agree. The Wise Market would reopen about a month later after a remodel. A month later. Some community members condemned the company's decision, while others actually applauded them, saying that to shut the store down would just be feeding into what Randy really wanted. He wanted to cause a ripple effect that would disrupt the lives of everyone around him. Well, yeah, he wanted to burn the store down. Yeah. So, yeah, just giving him what he wants, like... Being idolized. Yeah, idolizing him and... I mean, shit, we're talking about him. (laughs) Damn, you right, you right. All right, gotta go, bye. Come full circle. Shit, you right, you right. That is... Is that it? That's it. That is wild. And, you know, again, we talk about, like, you know, being consistent on the show about whether or not we have people that have been diagnosed with something... But there's a very real issue happening here. I don't know if it's necessarily untreated schizophrenia, untreated personality disorder, uh, untreated narcissism. Yeah. Just a lot. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on there. I I honestly wish we knew more about his, like, family life and his childhood and stuff, like, growing up. I guarantee you, like, especially now, like, his parents, if anything sinister happened in that house, they would never admit it now, considering what happened, because then they would be it would have to take that blame or that guilt yeah and there's a brother there i mean we haven't heard anything from jeremy yeah this you know happened uh, 60 years ago you know six years ago that's so awful and that's actually i don't even think that's the story that i was thinking of i it's kept sounding familiar and sounding familiar and then it wasn't like the actual crime i don't remember yeah so that just goes to show that there is way too many of these fucking events happening it makes me second guess having an ember mclean t-shirt yeah because wild. if he's like wearing a natural selection t-shirt should i just not be wearing an ember mclean t-shirt it's just dumb because natural selection has nothing to do with you killing people <laughs> that's not what that fucking i think means. that's but that's why eric harris wore it ironically i think that's why he did too 
Do you remember what we were talking about recently? It was... I don't remember who it was. It was a, a case that we did recently, and the perpetrator said, like, if it's their time, then it's their time. Like, not if you fucking if make you it happen. Them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, what? Yeah. God, yeah, who was that? Was that? A, I don't remember. It was, uh... Oh, it was it was Jack Gilbert Graham. Oh. Dumbass. Dumbass. You dummy. Definitely another one of those cases where if you see something, say something. Clearly, Randy Stare, you know, was going through some things, especially, like, the the body dysmorphia one is the part that hurts me the most. Yeah, like, absolutely. the fact that they felt like they couldn't express themselves the way that they needed to. And, again, I used Randy Stare because that's just what's in the research. Um, Randy Stare did not ask to go by any other name, so, yeah. you know, unfortunately, that's what they're known as. So if you or someone you know is struggling with any of these disorders or you need to reach out to somebody, check out DiagnosingAKiller.com. There are uh, an entire list of resources on there as well, including the Trevor Project, National Suicide Lifeline, which is now 988. Um, yeah. A couple different things on there as well. Yeah, definitely check that out. Follow us on social media. Leave us a review, guys. I really want our reviews to go up. I feel like we have a lot more on Spotify than Apple, and Apple's the one that I look at. Yeah. But... Well, you can't read them on Spotify. You can mm. just see the rating. Oh. But yeah, uh, keep shouting out to us. Keep messaging us. Keep emailing us. And if you want to listen to Albert Fish, you have to join the top... The, I keep saying top. The tier two and three Patreon... Excuse me. Patreon. <laughs> God, <laughs> falling apart over here. Um, yeah, it's late. <laughs> it is late. Now, join the two tier two and three Patreon if you'd like to get access to Albert Fish. And then that will be coming out on the 29th. Mm-hmm. So we will see you guys later? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Love, Love you. you. Bye. Bright Cellars is a monthly wine club that matches you to delicious wines tailored completely to your tastes. Take their personalized seven-question quiz and be paired with wines that you will love. You can even improve your matches by rating each wine. Bright Cellars offers a unique tasting experience as each bottle comes with tasting notes and pairing suggestions. It's like having a sommelier at home. Their expert wine concierge will customize your subscription to fit any lifestyle. Click the link in the show notes and get your first two bottles starting at just $74 today. Are you a true crime advocate? Are you passionate about uncovering the truth and bringing justice to victims? Do you love the paranormal and spooky tales? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you won't want to miss the True Crime and Paranormal Podcast Festival in Austin, Texas, this August from the 25th to the 27th. This festival features panel discussions, workshops, and live podcasts focusing on ethics and advocacy in the true crime sphere. Get your tickets now at truecrimepodcastfestival.com and join us in Austin for an unforgettable experience.